Fritzberger and bloodandfaith.com. It's the after show. It is 18 February 2024. I did a live rumble feed this morning. I've only done a couple of them. And uh, I got a, a, couple of, a, a couple of hits out there, and uh, that's good news. I talked about uh, modern philosophy, um, Antonio Gramsci, uh, Michel Foucault, the Overton Window, uh, the Frankfurt School, critical theory. And I uh, tied that to Christian evangelism. Uh, and what the Christians have done, by and large, the Christians have simply abandoned evangelism. And some people call this cultural evangelism. I just call it evangelism. Our job as preachers, our job as teachers, our job as uh, Christians, just average Christians, are to control the narrative. Force the narrative towards Jesus Christ. Control it? I don't know. How do you control something? How do you control uh, society? Well, what we do as Christians is we go out there and we preach the gospel. Now, when we think of preaching the gospel, a lot of evangelicals will say, well, that's the, uh, you know, that's various techniques in order to lead a person to a commercial, commercial, a personal commitment to Jesus Christ leading up to perhaps his baptism and joining a church. And that is the beginning and the end of evangelism. I dispute that. I disagree with that. I don't think that's true at all. I think Moses was a great evangelist. I think Moses was a great evangelist. And, and he took a nation... And he made that nation an example to the rest of the world, or at least that was the idea. The ancient nation of Israel, no relation to the modern incarnation that uses that name as, as identity thieves, was to be an example to the entire world on, on what a biblical and Christian nation was. That entire nation, that entire race, a homogenous race of men, Offsprings of Israel had a law. They had a law. The law was the Ten Commandments. And they were to not only use that internally as their guidelines, as their mores, as their morality, as the basis for their legal system, but they were to be an example to the other nations of the world, thereby evangelizing the other nations of the world. I utterly, utterly reject the idea that Christianity is a personal religion. I reject that in in toto. On one hand, I could say, okay, where well, it's a personal relationship, we are encouraged you to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. But if that's where you stop, you truncate the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're supposed to convert the nations to Jesus Christ. Entire nations, entire ethnic groups. What's a nation? It's a, it's a people with a common bloodline. Nations are not defined by the color of the passport. They're, they're defined by a common ancestor. Excuse me. My common ancestor. Genesis chapter 10. The, the, the table of nations. There are 70 nations roughly listed there. And they're defined by a common ancestor. They're not determined by uh, the, the, the color of a passport. They're not even determined by necessarily what city you live in or what, what uh, territory you live in. Uh, although they're supposed to have their own territories and their own times and their own boundaries, Acts chapter 17, verse 26. But this thing we call Christianity is supposed to be bringing discipline to entire nations. Well, how do you do that? Well, you control the Overton narrative. Uh, you, you control the, uh, the, the narrative in society. How do you do that? By preaching the gospel. By the force and power of the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ, which does not retreat into a religious ghetto for Sunday mornings, 
where we talk about one's personal lifestyle and one's morality or lack thereof, or the end times, or um, heaven. Our job is to create Christian nations on earth. It's to recreate what it, ancient Israel should have been, what it should have been, what it never fully became, but what it should have been. It's to rebuild a Christian civilization where Jesus Christ is the monarch. He's the monarch of many, many different discrete and individual and unrelated relations other than the fact that Jesus Christ is the monarch of them. And nations of, say, Italian descent that speak Italian, that have a contiguous uh, geographic border. A nation of, oh, I don't know, let's just throw out Vietnamese that have a common ancestor, speak a common language, have a common history, have a common culture with a contiguous geographic area, and they worship and serve Jesus Christ, a Christian nation. Jesus Christ is described as the king of many kings and the lord of many different lords, the ruler of every nation. Every nation will come and bow down, not just people, but nations will bow down before Jesus Christ. He's a monarch. And, and unfortunately, the church, in order to get along with the world, in order to placate the Jews, in order to find peace with those who reject Jesus Christ, have truncated the gospel of Jesus Christ and reduced it to a personal religion, a personal religion. Uh, and, and we allow ourselves to be defined as a faith community. <laughs> That one always gets me, a faith community. Oh, you're a member of a faith community. That's so cute. And they pat you on the head and kick you on the butt and tell you to get out of here. Go feed some poor people, man. Not interested in that. Not interested. In a, nation, in a Christian nation, the Ten Commandments are the law of the land. Full stop. The Ten Commandments are the law of all the land for everybody that lives there. No exceptions. No exceptions. No exceptions if you're a Jew. No exceptions if you're Muslim. This is a Christian land. Do you think Saudi Arabia has exceptions for the Jews and the Christians over there? Oh, come over here and build your church. Come on, build a church. We're a diverse and tolerant culture. Oh, hell no. Hell no. They're a Muslim society. It's a Muslim nation. They're Arabs with a common ancestor, common lineage, uh, common religion, shall we say. They worship Allah. The devil, as far as I'm concerned. They got no room for this this nonsense. They're, they're not going to let in and say, oh, you know what, you're, you're a homosexual. We'll, we'll let you marry, you know, Freddie and Tommy and whatnot. There's none of that nonsense. I want to build Christian nations where you have a discrete racial group, a discrete na a nation is, is a group of people with a common ancestor, a common language. They need contiguous geographic areas. And you say, we're going to have the Ten Commandments as the law of this land. That's going to be our law. That's our constitution. That's our legal system. That's our morality. That's our morality. And we're going to build a nation based on the Ten Commandments. And the first commandment points directly to Jesus Christ. Not Allah. Not Buddha. Not God in whatever, and in whatever way you conceive of Him. No, it points to Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ gave the Ten Commandments to Moses. The Lord spoke with Moses face to face as a man speaks with a friend. Only the Son of God does that. That's only the Son of God. No man has seen a father. 
The church has said, you know what, we don't want to be intolerant. <laughs> we don't want to be divisive. We don't want to be judgmental. We just want to love everybody. They've abandoned Jesus Christ. The church has abandoned Jesus Christ. The church does not like Jesus Christ. The church does not like Jesus Christ. The church likes the new conception of Jesus Christ that they've invented out of whole cloth. Because that Jesus Christ does not offend the world, does not offend the Jews. And so they said, well, this is the Jesus we want. He's loving and he's forgiving and he's tolerant and he's diverse. And uh, he wants to forgive everybody and for everybody to be saved. And everybody gives a little golf clap. The church is worthless, does nothing. Oh, okay, maybe it feeds some poor people. Perfect, perfect way to slot the church. Have you feed some poor people? Homosexual marriage is normalized. Sodomy, the trannies. There's nothing scientific about the, 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 the society we live in today. You can't turn an XY into an XX or vice versa, but we pretend like it is. Well, let's let the adults run the world. Let's let the, uh, the Jews and the Antichrist people and, and, and the atheists and, and, and the homosexuals run everything because we don't want to be intolerant. As a result, we send our kids to uh, public schools and they come, come back with green hair and blue hair and pink hair and they think they're a, they're a boy or a girl and they don't know what, what's going on. They said, no, we didn't, we didn't, God didn't create the earth. He, he, we, it, it came out by chance. Purim, by the way. By the way, Purim, the Jews have their great high holy day as Purim, the God of chance, the God of chance, the God of chance. And these public school kids come out of uh, uh, public schools and say, hey, we, we, we're a product of time and chance. Just, we're just a product of chance. We just spontaneously merged in, in the world, and, and this religion thing is really nice, and you know maybe it's good, maybe it's fun, maybe it's nice to have a Christian family. But it's really bunk. And then you wonder why over the generations uh, things get worse and worse and worse. It's because the church has abandoned Jesus Christ. It's not because the devil's so strong. Is the devil strong? Yeah, the devil's strong. Does the devil have the ability to deceive the nations? Yes, he has the ability to deceive the nations. I'm looking for a church that will stand up and say, uh, we're, not, we're done backing down. We're going to take back everything that we have surrendered willingly. We understand that evangelism is the conversion of entire nations to Jesus Christ. We reject the unity of mankind. We reject the unity of mankind. We reject Babel. We reject the concept of a new Babel. We reject the concept of Babylon the Great, whether it's under the guise of the UN or the WEF, or a rules-based order. We reject that. We're not all one. We're different people. As Christians, we truly believe in diversity, but you need nations to maintain that diversity. You can't just jam everybody in a big city, throw in some bleach, hit the blender button, and then you call that. That's not diversity. It's called bleaching out who human beings are. That's why every nation needs its own culture, its own language, its own God, its own territory. As, as men loyal to Jesus Christ, our, our job is to go and convert the nations, not to change their history, not to change their blood, not to change their language, not to change what they like to eat, but to point them to the Ten Commandments, and the Ten Commandments points directly to Jesus Christ. That's our job. That's the minimum. It's not the two-question test. It's not the four spiritual laws. It's not uh, 
Uh, you, we're going to have an altar call, and if you would like to serve Jesus, you can serve Jesus. Back in the old days, 1,000 years ago, 1,500 years ago, when the king got baptized, the, ho- the whole nation converted. When the king got baptized and converted to Jesus Christ, the whole nation converted to Jesus Christ. That's what I'm talking about. Well, you know, they need a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. All right. So how's this atheistic, secular society that we have that promotes the utter lie that we're a byproduct of time and chance uh, promote the idea of a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? It does not. But the church has said, you know what, let's, uh, let's get along and go along and let's be uh, good Americans or good citizens of the world or good human beings. And, and, and maybe the world will love us because, you know, we're, we're tolerant and we're diverse and, and we're inclusive and we're not judgmental. And Jesus forgives them and he, he, he gets us. <laughs> the, the product of that theology is the society we live in today. We live in an antichrist society that's utterly corrupt. The salt has no flavor. It's been cast out. It is being trampled under feet by the foot of men. The church has said, you know what, there's, there's too many things that Jesus Christ said that are absolutely controversial. And we're going to start by basically ignoring anything that was written before the time of Christ. Unless it's a pretty little psalm that just, you know, touches our feelings and makes us feel good. Then, then we'll look at that. But we're going we're gonna to start by just rejecting the, he, the scriptures written in Hebrew. We call it, a lot of times it's called the Old Testament. We're going to reject that. That was the mean God. That was the mean God. We don't like the mean God. That, he, he goes away. The mean God goes away. Jesus is the nice God. He's the, he's the loving God. He's the forgiving God. He's the one that, uh, he died for you. He died for you. And he forgives you and he loves you uh, just as you are. Come as you are. Come just as you are. Oh, and all those verses that, that talk about Jesus saying some hard things, we don't talk about those because, you know, uh, we don't want to offend people and we want to save people. So we want them to get converted and come to our church and, and get baptized and, and become nice Christians. And, uh, but we would never want to say anything that offends anybody, especially the Jews because they're God's chosen people, even though Jesus said they're the children of the devil in the synagogue of Satan. We would never say that. We can never criticize the Jews because they're God's chosen people. The Bible doesn't say they're God's chosen people. There's a big difference between the offspring, the biological offspring of Israel and, and the modern people who call themselves Jews. They're nothing but frauds. They're nothing but frauds and identity thieves. Jesus Christ said so. Those that call themselves Jews, but they lie, and they're of the synagogue of Satan. John the Baptist announced it 2,000 years ago. He said, you brood of vipers, you brood of vipers, you brood of vipers. Referring to Genesis 3.15, the seed of the serpent. Jesus Christ looks at the Jews, he says, your father's the devil. Later on, when he ascends into heaven, long time later, 95 A.D., Jerusalem's been gone, it's been destroyed, temple's been destroyed. Jesus said, these people that call themselves Jews, they're running around calling themselves Jews, they're liars, they're liars, they're identity thieves, they're frauds, they're the synagogue of Satan. The church won't say that because they don't want to be accused of being anti-Semitic because that would make them like Hitler and Nazis and nobody, you can't do that. So the church will willingly abandon what Jesus Christ says, willingly, and, and be ashamed of what Jesus Christ has said, embarrassed by it, uh, will renounce it, will find a way to reinterpret it so it doesn't mean what it plainly says. Why? In order to get along with the world, in order to be friends with the world. 
and thus they become, they become adulteresses. The church becomes an adulteress, just like Jeremiah 2 and 3, Ezekiel 16, becomes the whore. Becomes the whore. The church becomes the whore, as well as these people who run around and call themselves Jews. The whore, the whore, the whore. Whore Babylon. Come out of here, my people. Come on, stop that. Not sin. That, stop that. You don't want to pile up your sins and partake of the sins and the destruction that you will experience. Say what Jesus Christ said. Let people call you racist and anti-Semitic. Let them call you intolerant and divisive and homophobic and transphobic and queer. Please, if, if the Jews don't hate you, you're doing it wrong. If the Jews don't hate you, you're doing it wrong. They hated Jesus Christ. They hated Peter. They hated Paul. They hated John. They hated James. They hated Jeremiah, for that matter. Well, you know, uh, yeah, I know, I know, I do know. I've heard it all my life. And, and, and I sit here in 2024 and I go, I don't know. I have no idea why God should save America. No idea whatsoever. Oh, but Trump, he's going to save us. Trump is going to save us. I, have, I cannot tell you why God should save America. It certainly isn't the church. It certainly is not the evangelical church. It certainly isn't the Christian church. Oh, but we're doing some good. Sally the crack whore got saved down in South Nevada. She got baptized. Well, uh -huh. And where was the church a generation ago when Sally was a little girl, when she was, you know, 12, 13 years old? And her parents had issues, and her school has issues, and she did not grow up in a society molded by the gospel of Jesus Christ. Her family was not molded by the gospel of Jesus Christ. She never heard the Ten Commandments. She never, all she saw was, I don't know, name some... Uh, uh, TV starlet or, or music starlet, Madonna, a whore with a cross around her neck. And that, that's what evangelized her. That's what evangelized her. That's what evangelized her. And her mother, because it goes back generations. Oh, there's no right or wrong. You should just go be you. You should just be you. <laughs> And so society is torn apart. Society falls apart because the church no longer believes in, in, in the Great Commission, does, doesn't believe we're supposed to bring discipline literally to nations, literally to entire nations. The synagogue of Satan takes over. They run the place. The synagogue of Satan takes over, runs the place. The church is happy to play second fiddle with the synagogue of Satan and the devil's children because they're afraid of being accused of being anti-Semitic. I'm struggling to find out why God should save America. I really am. I've talked about this, I think, once before. Why should God save America? Why? The church? Even the church has abandoned Jesus Christ. The church itself has abandoned Jesus Christ. I've, many times, I've, I, I, you know, I'll read to you what the scriptures say. People recoil and hoil. Racial loyalty is Christian loyalty. Racial loyalty is obedience to the fifth commandment. Oh, well, that sounds racist. Yeah, okay, embrace racism. The Jews are the devil's children. Oh, that's anti-Semitic. Embrace anti-Semitism. Elijah killed all the sodomite prostitutes, all the sodomite priests of Baal. 
Well, that's intolerant. They should be free to pr- pursue whatever religion they want. Uh huh. Uh huh. Okay. All right. Samuel hewed Agag to pieces at uh, at Gilgal. Samuel hewed Agag to pieces before the Lord Jesus Christ at Gilgal. Well, you know, we don't believe in imposing our morality on society. We just don't. Well, you're not a Christian then. You're not a Christian. You're ashamed of the prophets of God. You're ashamed of Jesus Christ. You're ashamed of what Jesus Christ said. You're ashamed of the Bible. Paul, who used to call, be called Saul, he was a repentant Jew that truly, deeply repented. He's not just, he's not, he, he never ran around there with a demon star around his neck like so many modern Jews do. You got the demon star, that little six pointed cross. It's the demon star. It's a demon star. You got these Judeo Christians, these people that call themselves Christians, and but I'm a I'm a Jew. I'm so proud to be in it. You got the demon star right around the cross of Jesus Christ. I don't know what you are. Don't come to me and, and brag that you're a Jew. That, that that's a good thing. Here's what a, here's what a repentant Jew will do. He'll do what uh, Paul did. He'll say the Jews. It's worth getting the Bible out. Oh, you're going to hate this. But literally, Christians will not say this. They won't say this. If I can only find a Second Thessalonians. First Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 14 through 16. You also endured the same sufferings at the hands of your own countrymen, even as they did from the Jews, from the Jews, from the Jews. They endured suffering from the Jews who killed the Lord Jesus and the prophets. The Jews killed the Lord Jesus and the prophets. And they drove us out. They drove the Christians out. They drove the Christians out. They, who, the Jews, they, the Jews are not pleasing to God. They're not pleasing to God. But they're hostile to all men. They're hostile to everyone. I don't care if you're black, Vietnamese, Chinese, orangutan. I don't care what you are. They're hostile to all men. They hinder us. Who's us? They hinder the Christians from speaking to the Gentiles so that they can be saved, with the result that they always fill up the measure of their sins, but the wrath of God has come upon them at the utmost. I'd love that to be on some of the readers in front of churches. How about that? Throw that up in front of, uh, on your reader in front of First Baptist Church. The Jews are hostile to all mankind. They're not pleasing to God. They killed the prophets in Jesus Christ. Put that on your church reader. Put it on your church reader. Have a sermon about it. Have a series on it. Have, have a series on how the Jews are, are false Jews. They're identity thieves. They're frauds. Revelation 2.9, Revelation 3.9. And that they're the children of the devil. John chapter 8, verse 44. Christians are ashamed of the words of Jesus Christ. All right. I know I beat that to, to death, but it's 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 part and parcel of why we have a problem. Imagine you're at war and you can't shoot the enemy. Imagine you're at war and, and you're told that the people destroying you, literally destroying you and shooting you and shooting down your brothers are actually the good guys, and your job is to die for them. Ha ha ha. You go to war, and you're told you can't engage with the enemy. You have to allow them to, to, to shoot you and destroy you until you convert to their side, which is essentially what the church has done. It's become the Judeo-Christian church. That's why I hate this term. There's a little whiny little guy on, on the radio named Shapiro, 
and he keeps he keeps talking about Judeo Christian this and Judeo Judeo Christian that. Judaism is, is Antichrist, and unfortunately, that language has seeped into the Christian church. I decades ago I used that term, like once. I was like, God, that's not, something's not right about that. Didn't know what it was at the time. Judaism's Antichrist. There is no Judeo Christian West. It's Christendom or or post Christendom. It's Christendom or post Christendom. Judeo Christian. When did Jesus get along with the Jews? Okay, let me think. Never. When did the apostles in the book of Acts get along with the Jews? Let me think. Uh, never. How many times did Paul receive the lash? Five times from the who? From the who? From the who? From the Jews. So on one hand, the evangelical church is literally ashamed of what Jesus Christ has to say. And they'll censor what Jesus Christ has to say in order to maintain their friendship with the world. As such, they become an adulteress, the same as what the Jews have done. The whore, the great whore, that rides the empires of the world, rides the beast. Church wants peace with the world, wants peace with the Jews, doesn't want to be called a racist or anti-Semitic or divisive or intolerant. So I'm sitting here and going, okay, why is it that God's supposed to save America? I don't, I don't know. We're an evil beast in its own right. The United States has become an evil empire in its own right. Every bit is evil, worse than the Russians. I'd never been a fan of, of, of Soviet Russia, never, never. Uh, taking kids away from parents because they raised them in Christian households, teaching atheism. Ah, guess what? We got that in America today, in spades. And the only kind of Christianity that's, that's acceptable is this weak Judeo-Christianity where we have to betray Jesus Christ in, in order to uh, be allowed to exist. And just like in the time of Jesus Christ, if you don't go along with the Judeo and Judeo-Christian, you're going to get kicked out of the synagogue. What does that mean? Back then, 2,000 years ago, if you're kicked out of the synagogue, you could neither buy nor sell, you couldn't rent, you couldn't be a landlord, you, you, you couldn't hire people, you couldn't work for anybody. You're deplatformed deplatformed, and demonetized. Now, how does it work today? Well, let's just imagine that you're a, a brave and bold preacher and you go out there and you have a sermon on 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, 14 through 16. And you don't try to explain it away like most Christians will do. You don't try to explain it away. Oh, that was just historical. That was just what happened back then and it's not, it doesn't really apply to you today. Hey, why not, why not do a sermon on why John 3, 16 doesn't apply today? Or any other verse in the Bible. How, how's that, how's that, how are you going to stand in, in, on the judgment day on that, preacher? Well, you know, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I know, I know. And, and, and the preacher is bold enough to, to preach on 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 14 through 16. And uh, next Monday morning in the local paper, anti-Semitic uh, Jew-hating pastor um, uh, new in town. Um, yeah, pastor so-and-so uh, says the Jews are hostile to everybody, that they murdered Jesus Christ. Classic uh, tropes of anti-Semitism that we so, work so hard to eradicate in our country. 
He says they murdered the prophets. He says they prevent people from hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ so that people can get saved. And then the pastor went on and he said Jews are, are the devil's children. We haven't seen an anti-Semitic uh, preacher like this since uh, uh, the founder of Ford Motor Companies came out and talked this way a hundred years ago. <laughs> must be eliminated. must be stopped. Preacher says, hey, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep saying this stuff. So next, next Sunday he's got a sermon on Revelation 2.9 and Revelation 3.9 where, where Jesus Christ... He says of the Jews, he says, they're not even Jews, they're just liars, they're frauds, they're identity thieves. They're Satan's synagogue. Anti-Semitic pastor continues in a small town America. And let's say there's a couple of people who say, you know, I'm going to stick with this guy. And they're Dr. So-and-so's down there, Dr. Johnson. And uh, Dr. Johnson's doing his medical practice. And, you know, his partner's his medical practice. He says, listen, we, we, you know, we can't have an anti-Semitic Hitler in our medical practice. You're, you're gone. We're voting you out. You're, you're, your practice is over. His customers come to him and say, look, I can't, uh, <laughs> I am not, you're not going to be my doctor anymore. See, I'm like a Hitler. I'm, you're not going to be my doctor. So he loses his business. He loses his money. He loses his practice. He goes to uh, the pastor and he says, I, I, I'm quitting the church. I can't do this anymore. Right? Okay? I mean, simple. So the, so the doctor gets kicked out of the synagogue because they shut down his medical practice. He doesn't give any more to the church. And the pastor goes, oh, my God, now I don't have a church anymore. Now my, my income was cut by whatever, 10%. Multiply that across the other members of the congregation. Builder and builder in, in his church. <clears throat> he says, look, I can't go to church here anymore because, uh, uh, you know, I, you know, everybody knows that I go to this church and, and now nobody will do business with me. I can't get any business. My workers are quitting. That's the equivalent of getting kicked out of the synagogue as it was 2,000 years ago. Same thing, same thing. IRS comes along and said, yeah, we know all about this church. Look, we're just going to do a standard audit of your 501c3 and see if there's anything amiss. I need a list of all your parishioners. Oh, by the way, they might get special treatment too. It's all legal, of course. You get kicked out of the synagogue, man. Same as 2,000 years ago, you get kicked out of the synagogue. Nothing's new, nothing's changed. Church is terrified of the Jews. Church is terrified of the world. Thinks they're being godly when they're being friendly with the world and being friendly with the false Jews. Why should God save America? I don't know. I don't know. I can't think of any reason why we should. We're, we're promoting evil around the world. We're promoting the whole LGBTQ, I don't even like to use those words because they sound too nice, agenda around the world. We'll punish anybody that is against it. We're 100% in support of the, uh, the, the, the synagogue of Satan. The church, the, the America advances the synagogue of Satan and the identity thieves who call themselves Jews but are not. The church protects as a special class Satan's children. Protects as a special class the devil's children. I was just reading today uh, the White House statement on combating anti-Semitism. The false Jews are elevated as a special class of people that get extra money, extra protection, extra everything as a special class of people. Not because they're a persecuted minority, because they have all the power in the country. 
but because they're the devil's children. So the United States advances evil in the world, around the world, and in the United States, and now we've got a system of government where they have to combat hate speech. What's hate speech? It's what Jesus Christ said. What Jesus Christ said is now hate speech in the United States. John 8, 44. Revelation 2, 9, Revelation 3, 9. And that's just the beginning of it. You can't say that. You can't say that. And so you have entire billions and trillions of dollars in, in the former lands of Christendom, from the United States to Germany to France to England to Canada. Your taxpayer money going to uh, censor and suppress the gospel of Jesus Christ, directed by the Jews. Same thing you see in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 14 through 16. They prevent the Gentiles, they prevent people from hearing the gospel so they can be saved. How do you do that? You censor what Jesus Christ says. You censor John 8, 44. And the church won't stand up. The church should be saying the most outrageous things that Jesus Christ said. Jesus Christ did not back down from this. Y'all know in the Gospel of John, it goes to his disciples and he says, eat my flesh and drink my blood. Eat my flesh and drink my blood. He's not worried about whether or not you're going to follow him. It's an honor to follow Jesus Christ. It's an honor to follow Jesus Christ. It's the highest honor you can have in life is to follow Jesus Christ. Go read Peter, man. Go read 1 Peter. Read 2 Peter. Rejoice, brethren. Rejoice. When you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith is more precious than gold, though tried by fire. Rejoice. Paul, Peter knew what he was talking about. He went through a few trials himself. Went to jail, got beaten. Eventually got crucified upside down, I hear, in Rome. The church will do all kinds of jive dancing to make sure they stay on the right side of the world and the right side of these false Jews that are of the synagogue of Satan. Why should God save the United States of America? We advance evil around the world. We suppress the message of Jesus Christ at home and abroad. We call it hate speech. That's it. Fritzbergen, bloodandfaith.com.